It's very honoring, very sweet. Okay, well, I'm just going to pray for our time um, together. So, Father, we just thank you that you have a word for us this morning. And, Father, we want to be ready for that word. We want to receive everything that you have for us this morning. And we ask that your Holy Spirit would be released among us. God, we love your Holy Spirit. We love your Holy Spirit. And we ask that you would release your spirit among us during our time. In Jesus' name. Well, it's a good morning because God has something for you this morning in this place. Please do not leave without receiving from the Holy Spirit this morning because there's something for each one of you in this room. For each one of you, God has something for you this morning. There is a blessing here for you in the house of God this morning. Well, I want to continue the series on drawing near, and I want to talk about drawing near in transition. Transition. And maybe some of you ladies are thinking, oh, transition. I know what that is. I know what she's about to talk about. It's that the, the time in the birthing process right before the baby comes out. Transition. When you hear women say, I can't do this. I said that. Um, <laughs> but men in the room, don't worry. I'm not going to talk about that because if you're anything like my husband, in about five minutes, you're going to be over in the corner throwing up <laughs> or passing out maybe. Um, actually, when I was in labor with Hallie, uh, I was about three-fourths of the way through labor, and Robert was in the restroom throwing up. <laughs> Not because he had a stomach bug. <laughs> Little overwhelming for him. Second, second time around, 17 months later, um, I was in labor, and we were at the hospital, and Robert, I didn't know, was on the phone calling the doctor, scheduling his appointment with the doctor after Hudson came out. He was off to the doctor. <laughs> Third, he somewhat rallied. I gave him a little grace there and didn't wake him up until we had to go to the hospital. Uh, labored for a while without him. And then four, he rallied. Way to go. Way to go. But I do want to talk about transition simply as a change. As a people, I believe it's very important as the people of God, that we learn how to draw near in transition. When change is happening in our lives, because guys, change is inevitable. Change happens. Transition happens. And often in transition, the enemy likes to come when you're in the middle of changing seasons where things can feel insecure and unknown and intimidating, and he loves to come and bring fear and kind of try to swipe your feet out from under you in transition, in change, so that you do not grab hold of all that God has for you in the season before you. Because in every season, in every life transition or stage, when we go from one stage to another, God has more 
for you. He has more intimacy, more blessing, more favor, more revelation and knowledge of who he is. And the enemy doesn't want you to get that more. He wants to keep you from that more. But I believe as a people, if we learn to draw near, then we will get all that we are supposed to get in the season before us. Amen. Okay. Well, when I was 17 years old, I found myself on the steps of the Follinger building at the University of Illinois, where I was starting my college experience. And I was about to head into this building to go to freshman orientation. And I was saying goodbye to my wonderful parents who are actually a part of this church, wonderful pillars in this house for us. So thankful for them. I was saying goodbye to them and I was holding back the tears. And I went off to freshman orientation I'd hit a big transition in my life. I'd gone from a child to a young adult where now all the decisions were mine. I was the one governing my time. A huge transition was before me. In Proverbs 4.23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Everything in our life that we do is an overflow of what's in our heart. And unfortunately, this season in my life began to expose the junk that was actually in my heart. I grew up in a wonderful Christian family. We were at church every Sunday, Wednesday nights. We were there. But I quickly realized that I really didn't have a personal friendship with God. In that first freshman year at University of Illinois, exposed the junk that was in there. I was often at the bars on the weekends, and it slowly became not just the weekends, but during the week. I had encounters with guys that they didn't care about me. They cared about what I could give them physically. I began to heavily smoke that year. Well, at the end of that year, I came home for the summer And my wise parents realized where my life was headed. And so they demanded that I apply to some Christian schools. They wanted me to transfer. Well, I still had a lot of rebellion in my heart, but I applied to Baylor University in Waco, Texas, and to Bethel in Minnesota. Well, it just so happened that that August, in that summer, after my freshman year of college, I went on a mission trip that our church in Chicago, where I grew up, would do every year. Every summer, we would partner with Amore Ministries, which is based here in San Diego. We'd fly to San Diego and drive over the border and build a home in one week's time. So I decided to go on that trip. There was about 10 of us, more just a social thing for me. And something happened on that trip that changed my life forever. We drove over the border to Tijuana. We started building this home. And one of the nights as we came back to our campsite, as we camp out that week, I began to walk off by myself just for a few moments to get alone time. And in that moment, I heard God speak to me for the very first time. You see, I didn't grow up knowing that God wanted to speak to his people. 
That wasn't a part of my vocabulary. But in this moment, God invaded my world. And he said, Stephanie, it's time to live fully for me or fully for the world. And the presence of God came over me from head to toe. I tasted of the love of God like I had never tasted before. And I said, God, wow. If this is what you're like, I'm in. I just want to know you. I just want to know you. Whatever it takes, God. On that same window of time, God spoke and said, I want you to transfer to Baylor University. I hadn't even gotten my acceptance letter yet. I went home, got my letter of acceptance. And two weeks later, I was on Baylor campus. Another huge transition in my life, a huge change. Well, in this change, um, it was important for me that I started learning how to draw near to God because, you see, I had this amazing encounter with God, and it marked me. But I didn't know how to walk with God. I didn't know what intimacy with God looked like. I knew I wanted him. I wanted more of those times with God where I encountered him. But I didn't know how to do that, and I had a lot of rebellion in my heart. And you see, it's so important that we learn to draw near Because when we draw near, transformation begins to happen. And I needed transformation. I needed transformation. Well, I hit the campus and I was still pretty wily in life. Luckily, that Sunday I went to a church. And it was a sweet church, sweet people, but kind of churchy. And honestly, at this point, I was really turned off by the church in general. It just wasn't doing it for me. I couldn't be the good person that I needed to be to fit the mold. So the next week, I ended up at another church, and I walked in those doors at this church that would become my tribe. And I felt the presence of God just like I had on that mountain in Tijuana that day. And I said, yes, God, these are the people that I'm to link arms with. This is to be my tribe. Well, as worship began that morning, there was a girl in front of me who later would become a very dear friend, and she stood up and just, her arms were outreached, and she began to worship, and you could tell she was just surrendered, and so many others in the room just stood up and just worshiped like I hadn't seen before. They worshiped God in a way that I longed to worship God and know God. I could tell that these people knew God, and I wanted to know God. Well, later that night, I went to the college service where Jimmy Seibert was the college pastor at the time. And I remember sitting on the very back row with a couple friends who really weren't into it as much as me. Um, And I sat there and after he preached that sermon, he called people down to the front. And he said, if you want to meet with God this morning, I want you to come down here to the front. Let him touch your heart. 
Meet with him this morning. Let him speak to you. And I just remember running down to the front, getting on my face and weeping, just weeping before God and saying, God, I've wasted my 19 years. I've wasted them. God, I just want to know you. And I cried out to God in this moment over the course of my years in the college group. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and I really learned how to walk in friendship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit became my very best friend in that season. But we can go through so many different transitions in our life. We can go from being a child to a young adult. We can go from being a single to a married woman, a married man. We can go from having no kids to having one, two, three plus children. So many transitions, so many changes that can throw us for a loop. We can go from having tons of money in life to losing our job and being very tight financially. We can go from having babies in our home to toddlers to teenagers, big transition. We can go from having children in our home to having an empty nest. We can go from being married to being a widow. We can go from being married to divorced. We can have locational moves where we move homes or we move cities. So many transitions that can be before us in our life. And as his people, we want to get better and better with every season at knowing how to draw near in the transition that happens. I want to look together at a few scriptures. I first want to look together at Matthew 14. So you're welcome to turn there with me. I think it'll be on the screens, but Matthew 14, 22. And I want to talk about when Peter walks on the water for a second, because I think it's a great picture of often what we feel like in transition in our lives. In verse 22, it says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage. It is I do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked out on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the son of God. The first thing I want to mention is here I see three groups. First of all, I see the crowds. You see, Jesus had just fed the 5,000. He had fed the crowds. Him and the disciples were there. And all the crowds saw miracles. They were there for the teachings of Jesus. They were hungry. 
And maybe some of you guys in here, you're hungry for God. You come Sundays to get a touch from God. You you go to the conferences because you're hungry for God, but you don't yet know how to bring God into your daily life. Spend time with Jesus daily. What Robert was talking about uh, last Sunday, drawing near in FaceTime, having daily time with God. But you come every once in a while because there's a hunger there. And you love the every once in a while encounters with Jesus. And I want to affirm you today. I want to affirm the hunger that's in your heart. I want to affirm that place where you come. Where you come on Sundays and say, God, I'm hungry for you. And I pray that that hunger would increase today. I pray that that hunger would increase for you. That you'd know how to take the spirit of God with you in Monday. And into Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday, your hunger would increase for more. I affirm you this morning. And then I see a second group, the disciples, who are actually walking with Jesus and saying, I want to give up my life and I want to go where you go, Jesus. I want to do what you're doing. I want to be your disciple and do the things that you're talking about. And I want to affirm that group and say, you'll never regret following Jesus. You'll never regret decisions of obedience. There will be inheritance for you in heaven for your obedience. You see, I see this boat boundary around them in this picture where we, we follow Jesus. and You say, God, I'm going to go where you go, but I'm going to stay in this boat, Lord. Where it's somewhere, it's somewhat safe. These are my parameters, God. I'll, I'll follow you inside these parameters. And then, for you, my prayer is that some of those boundaries around the boat would begin to come down. And you would feel grace, like I see in this third group, like Peter, who actually is saying, Jesus, call me out there into the unknown into the mysteries, I want to do the impossible like you do, Jesus. And he begins to walk out on the water as Jesus calls him out and he says, come. And he's walking on the water as his eyes are fixed on Jesus. And the minute he takes his eyes off Jesus and looks at the wind, he begins to sink. And for that group, I want to affirm that place of being willing to be in the unknowns, feeling like you're falling and not knowing what's next. But I pray today that you would learn how to fix your eyes back on Jesus. You see, the interesting thing is that wind was there two steps before. Right? But he didn't sink. That thing that we feel so often in transition that's trying to get us down the fear, the intimidation, the insecurities is there, but doesn't have to sink us. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. He's why we're here. He's why we gather on a Sunday morning. We want him 
And I want to look together at Joshua chapter 1 together to give you some practicals. Because some of you guys love practicals and I want to give them to you this morning. Joshua chapter chapter 1. I'm going to read a little bit, and then I want to talk you through about five different things that I see God speak to Joshua in this time of transition as he's about to enter the promised land. Okay, so Joshua is about to lead the people of God into a big change, into a big change. And here's some different things that God speaks to Joshua for the people In verse one, he says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses's aide, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan river into the land. I'm about to give, um, about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert of Lebanon And from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I love this. God just begins to unpack all these promises that have been handed down to Joshua. Guys, we need to keep the promises before us in every season. In transition, as things are changing, you need to keep the promises before you. The promises that are on your life. And perhaps some of you are thinking, what are you talking about promises? I don't even know how to hear God's voice, let alone know a promise on my life. Let me tell you, when you step into the family of God, these promises right here are on your life. When we step into the line of God, all these promises are ours to have. Those are yours this morning. God will never leave you nor forsake you. It's a promise. We need to keep the promises before us. And there are individual promises that God speaks to us. And we need to learn to hold those promises in our heart. They haven't changed just because our seasons changed. Changed. Often we feel like those promises are gone when things change circumstantially. Those promises haven't changed. They're still there. And we need to remind God of the promises. We need to show him that we care. We care about the promises that he's spoken to us, and we hold them dear in our heart. The next thing, let's read in verse 6. He says, Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Guys, it's a strength that starts in our heart. It's a courage that starts in our heart. I remember when... I was pregnant, or no, Hallie um, was a young baby. She was a couple months old, and we were going to take a college team to um, Morocco that summer. And you see, before that, years before that, I had been gallivanting around the nations as a single and as a young married 
um, like Indiana Jane, just loving adventure, loving the challenge of it all. And then all of a sudden I had this little baby that I had to protect and I got fearful. I began to get fearful and thought, maybe we're not supposed to go to Morocco this summer. I kind of feel fearful. I think that's God. I don't think we're supposed to go. And I realized after a couple weeks that the enemy was trying to intimidate me to keep me from the nations because you see, Robert and I had asked for the nations. We wanted the nations. We asked for them as part of our inheritance and the enemy was trying to keep me from part of my inheritance. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. The third thing, let's keep reading. It says in verse seven and a half. Don't you love that? Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Obey, meditate. What are the things that you're putting before you in your, in your transition? What are the things that you're putting before you? What are the radio stations that you're listening to? Are they breeding fear and anxiety in your heart? Are they spurring you on to intimacy with Jesus? Are they stirring faith and hope and life to your soul? What are the shows you're putting before your eyes? Are they discipling you in the ways of the world? Are they discipling you in the ways of the kingdom, the kingdom of God? Is it bringing the kingdom of God to your home? Or the world? What are the magazines that are before you? What are the things that you're setting your eyes on? We need to obey and meditate. We need to be in the word in seasons of transition. Where God's truth anchors us as things are changing. The next thing, look at this in verse 9. It says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wait, he just said that. Yeah. You see, in our flesh, we're a slave to fear. But you know what the great thing is? Is that God does not give us a spirit of fear. But God gives us a spirit of power a spirit of love, and a spirit of sound mind. You see, that fear that you deal with is not from God. It's not from God. And you need to know that. That spirit of fear is not a gift from God. What God gives us is the spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of sound mind. A spirit of power a spirit of love and a sound mind. And you need to keep reminding yourself in that season that fear is not from God. God gave me power. God gave me love. God gave me his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit is power, love, and sound mind. I think a lot of times... 
It says, do not be discouraged. And I think, sadly, what can happen is we, we find some weird comfort in being discouraged. We find some weird comfort in the place of fear. It becomes comfortable for us. Almost being free feels more fearful for us. God says, do not be discouraged. So don't be. Don't be. You need to talk to yourself and say, stop being discouraged. Look in the mirror. Instead of fluffing your hair, say, don't be discouraged. Right? Sometimes I'm driving in the car, discouragement. I'm not discouraged. I'm not discouraged. Hope, joy, joy's coming. Thank you, God. You gave me joy and not discouragement. It's a gift. It's mine. And I'm going to take it this morning. All right. You need to get a little crazy. If you want to learn to get crazy, you're welcome to join my Voyagers team. All right. Get a little crazy with us back there. You got to be crazy when you're in front of kids. (laughs) You need to talk to yourself in the car. I'm in the car a lot. All right. (laughs) You got to contend for the joy. You see, you want joy to be more comfortable than fear. It's a transition. And sometimes in transition, our flesh freaks out. Boo! I don't know what to do with myself. Peace. <laughs> you contend for the joy until your flesh lands there. And the last thing that I want to talk about is strategy. God has strategy for you. He is the great strategist. He always has strategy for us in our seasons. And so we want to get behind the strategy that God has for us. He had strategy for Joshua and you can read about that on your own, but there was strategy for him to take the promised land. I remember when I was a sophomore junior in college and I really began to deal with thoughts about my weight and the enemy really tried to get me, um, with a stronghold in that area, a a train of thought. And I would begin to not want to eat as much. And I remember thinking, now guys, I was walking with God. Okay. I'd learned, I was learning how to walk with God, but we're not perfect in the journey. We're not perfect. You don't have to be perfect in this place. We just want to help you move to the next step of intimacy with God. And as I was dealing with these thoughts, I remember thinking, God, I don't want this to take over my mind. I want you, God. My goal is to know you, God. I don't want to be taken down by this pattern of thought. And so I said, God, what's your strategy for me to overcome? Because I'm an overcomer. What is your strategy for me to overcome? And he began to speak in that season. One of the things that he had for me was he said, I want you to fast. I think it was every Friday. I can't remember the day, but it was one day a week. Counterintuitive, right? Because I didn't want to eat. But it was strategy. God had strategy, and I wanted to submit to the strategy God had for me. And I did overcome, praise God. 
by the grace of God, as I submitted to the strategy that he had, those thoughts no longer rule my mind. I remember as a young woman, as I was about to get married, I remember just in my FaceTime, just talking with God, pouring out my heart to God and saying, God, you're my first love. I don't want to lose that. And I'm about to get married. God, how do I do this? How do I get married and become one with this man, but yet keep you as my first love? Would you show me how to do this? God always has strategy for you. As transition comes, we want to be a people that draw near to God. There is so much opportunity for us to draw near because there's so many changes that we go through. So let us be a people that get better and better at drawing near to God in transition. Just like Jimmy called people forward that night years ago when God was beginning to transform my life, I want to call you forward this morning. From young to old in this room, whether you've been walking with Jesus for years or a few days, we all need a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit this morning. We all need a fresh touch from the Holy Spirit. And so as I pray, I want to invite you forward to come down to the front and meet with God in the river. Would you come and meet with God? And get that fresh touch from him that you need. If you've never heard his voice before, I want to invite you forward to hear God's voice. He wants to speak to you this morning. Might be through a picture or an impression or a feeling. He might speak a certain word to you. God wants to speak to you this morning. Thank you, God.